0: Welcome to the Toss Mills Odoi Macarius podcast. Toss Mills Odoy is an apostle, teacher, and a sought-after speaker in international Christian leadership conferences. He is the son of Bishop Dagwood Mills, who is the founder of the United Denominations and a best-selling author. With over 20 years' experience in church planting around the world and in the training and sending of missionaries, Apostle Toss currently serves at the Kadesh in Accra, Ghana. A vibrant church seeking to win the lost at all cost. He is also a director in the Dagwood Mills Ministries. Now, listen to Toss Mills Odoy. Say the Lord, consider your ways. Oh, yeah, go up to the mountain and bring the wood and build the house of God. I will take pleasure, I'll be glorified in it. This is my will for you. Oh, child, I will build my house upon this rock. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. What you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Will you build my church? Will you build my house? Will you be like Nehemiah and build the house of God? I will build your house. I will build your church. I will be like Nehemiah and build the house of God. I will build your house. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, 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 I will put your house Oh, yeah Earning wages to put in a bag of holes. Searching for much but getting so very little. You have sown much but reap so little because of my house that lieth waste. You dwell in your own house, but my house is not built. This is the time to build my house Oh child I will build my house upon this rock The gates of hell shall not prevail against it I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven What you find on earth is found in heaven Will you build my church? Will you build my house? Will you be like Nehemiah? And build the house of God? I will build your house I will build your church I will be like Nehemiah And build the house of God I will build your house Whoa, 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 whoa. I will build your house Building, building, building Build the house of God Building, building, building Build the church of God Yeah, like Ezra And in the days of Zechariah And just like Zerubbabel We'll be building your house, Lord Oh, yeah I will build your house, Lord Oh, oh I will build your house upon this rock the gates of hell should not prevail against it I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven And what you find on earth is bound in heaven Will you build my church? Will you build my house? Will you be like Nehemiah? Will you build the house of God? I will build your house I will build your church I will be like in the heaven my God and build the house of God I will put your house Woah whoa, 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 Woah 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 I will build your house Building, 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 build the house of God Building, 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 build the church of God Yeah, like Ezra, Nehemiah And in the days of Zechariah And just like Zerubbabel We'll be building your house, Lord Oh, Lord. I will build your house yeah. Oh, oh. I will build my house upon this rock, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. What you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Will you build my church? Will you build my house? Will you be like Nehemiah and build the house of God? I will build your church. I will build your house. I will be like Nehemiah and build the house of God. I will build your house. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa, 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 whoa oh I your house building, 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 building Building, God. building, building, building,
1: building, building. building. Hallelujah. What a wonderful week it has been. Um the, the premier week of our seed conferences, and it's been such a blessing. It's been awesome. Um your 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 comments, your likes, your shares, your prayers, your words of encouragement have made all the difference. I know I can see that God has been blessing you. God has been teaching you. And we receive all the messages you've been sharing, the testimonies you are sharing with us and it encourages us also greatly. You know, in this morning, we are coming your way again with um, another riveting seed conference. Like I said yesterday, um, today I want to share with you about special principles for church growth. 14 special principles for church growth and I believe that it's going to be a blessing. Hallelujah. Amen. So um, before we continue, you are watching me, you have a pastor friend, you have a colleague in the ministry, you know someone, he started his church five years ago, his attendance is 30 you know, you have a friend, he's struggling in the ministry to make his church grow. When you meet with him, you discuss about your frustrations, mm-hmm. about all that you are doing and your churches are not growing. I want you to send the link and um, encourage him to watch this, this edition, today's edition of the Macarius TV um, channel. You know, because I'm about to share with you direct, practical principles for church growth. Bible tells us that we should not be lazy, but we should be followers of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. And Bishop Daggyward Mills is one of those who has inherited the promise of church growth, that though your beginning be small, yet the latter end should greatly increase. He has inherited that promise and he continues to inherit it. Hallelujah. His churches are growing. More and more every time there is a new spurt of growth, you know. So I want to encourage you that he's someone you should follow, and that's why I'm teaching you from his book, Mega Church, the 14 special principles for church growth. I'm also a pastor, I'm I am not just a theoretical um conference speaker or someone who's gotten some time on the internet and is speaking, but I'm also a pastor. And I have used this principle myself in different countries. And they always work. I've used them in Senegal. I've used them in Gambia. I've used them in Ghana. I've used them in India. I've used them in Bangladesh. I've taught them in Congo. I've taught them in Uganda. I've taught them in Kenya. I've taught them in Sierra Leone. I've taught them in Liberia. I've taught them in Togo. I've taught them in Ivory Coast. I've taught them in Nigeria. I've taught them in um. Where else have I been? Madagascar? After them in different countries. Bangladesh, India. After them in Nepal. And they always work. You see, because the word of God works everywhere. So, I want you to take your pen, your notebook, you know, and make plans to get a copy of the Macarius, you know. All these books here are all on um, this one year's church growth. It is possible. This is for advanced. Church work and church growth. You know, after you had a mega church, how to now break into international dimensions of ministry? There's another book here, um, church planting. It is somewhere wonderful book that will also help your ministry. There's this excellent one, transform your pastoral ministry. And all these books are going to help you. They are in this set of books. There, Macario 60. You know, they all talk on different. There are books on the anointing books on leadership there are books on marriage excellent books on marriage there are books on how to how to identify and then raise and train pastors in the ministry to fruitful ministry there are two kinds of ministry there's ministry that yields no fruit and there's ministry that yields abundant fruit and these books are books that will help your ministry to yield abundant fruit and so this morning i want you to encourage you know especially i feel that some of us pastors are being selfish why am i saying that you know you want your church to grow but you don't want your friend's church to grow or you want your church to grow but you don't want to share with your friend the secrets and where you learn the secrets of church growth but you know the bible says that we should not be greedy the bible says we should love our neighbor as ourselves. if you found something that is good you see at the end of the day no one church can win all the souls in the world. In fact, that is why we are having this conference. I have my own church. I mean, not that my own church. I pastor at the Kadesh. And I want my church to grow, and my church is growing. If I were selfish, I wouldn't be having this conference online. Because then your church will also grow. But I want your church to grow, and I want my church to also grow. Hallelujah. So, also in the same vein, call a pastor friend of yours. Today is 1st May. It's a public holiday throughout the world. Throughout the world, it's a public holiday. So, your pastor friend is at home. He may be a lay pastor who holds a circular job and pastors a church. He may also be a full-time pastor who concentrates only on the work of God. But no matter what it is, call him to also log in and watch it. I'm sharing from the books of one of the most fruitful pastors in the world. And the principle that he himself has used to make his church grow. And has taught his pastors and his leaders who when they've applied it have also made their churches grow. And like I said, I've been honored by God to minister cross-culturally different continents around the world with the same word. And the word of God works everywhere. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Holy Spirit, your word says that the seed is the word of God. So I pray for today's edition of the Seed Conference. That as I minister your word, let there be power. Let there be conviction. Let there be testimonies. Your word says that you will not call the words of your servant to fall to the ground. Let churches grow everywhere in the world. To the glory of your holy name. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Principle number one the principle of the multiplied senior pastor hallelujah how to make your church grow the principle of the multiplied senior pastor what is this principle this principle teaches us that every pastor should try to replicate himself or duplicate himself or recreate himself in many other leaders in his church You see, you should understand that everybody can work for God. The Bible says that unto everyone, grace is given according to the gift of God. You see, that is why next week, you see, like this week, I um, concentrated on this book, The Mega Church. But next week, God has laid on my heart to minister from another one, lay people in the ministry. I'm trying to see if I can find it here. Ah, it's here next next week and throughout the week this is the book i'll be ministering from hallelujah because in every church there are many dormant unused and fruitful christians they, are, they may be fruitful in the secular world but they are not fruitful as far as the things of god are concerned and we should remember that the bible says that and i heard a voice cry from heaven saying Blessed are they who die in the Lord from henceforth. For yea, say the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. What are these works? They are certainly not the works that they did on earth. Bankers, doctors, lawyers, accountants, engineers. You know, there there are even some pastors who are not concentrated on ministry. And even though they are pastors, they do not have works that will follow them. What are the works that will follow us? You see, the Bible says that for we came into this world with nothing and it is certain, it is certain that we will leave this world with nothing as well. What are these works that will follow us? In the book of Revelations, John had a vision. He said, and an angel came to me holding a measuring rod. And he told me, measure the holy of holies and I measured it. Measure the inner court I measured it. Then he said, when I went to measure the outer court, the angel said, stop. And I said, why? And he said, do not measure it, for it is given to the Gentiles. You see, you should understand that anything you are doing, that Gentiles can also do. Heaven takes no record of it. I will say it again. He saw an angel who came with a measuring rod. And he said, measure the Holy of Holies. He measured it. He said, measure the inner, um, the the, the holy place, and I measured it. He said, measure the inner court, and I measured it. Because those are the three places where the priest could enter, depending on your level of authority. And only the high priest could go into the holy of holies. But the point I'm trying to make was that he measured the holy of holies, he measured the holy place, he measured the inner court, where unbelievers could not enter. These three places were not for the heathen. Then he said, when I went to measure the outer court, which is where the heathen could come to, he said, measure it not, for it is given to the Gentiles. So any work they are doing that Gentiles can also do all, that is also given to Gentiles, having bears no record of it. It may be fruitful on earth, and God will even bless it on earth, because food is also given to the Gentiles, and you must eat. But as you can see, God is not going to reward you for the food you ate on earth. In the same way, the work you did on earth, you know, there will be earthly rewards and earthly blessings by God. I also enjoy the earthly blessings by God. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's nice to drive a nice car, I drive a nice car. It's nice to live in a nice house, I live in a nice house. But there's no reward for that. John the Baptist didn't have a nice house. Jesus didn't have a nice house. He didn't have a nice car. So, all the things that unbelievers can do, see, the Bible says that, God gives us all things freely to enjoy. It is so. I, I am not saying they are bad things. They are good things. They are nice things. They are lovely things, but they are for the earth. And we should not confuse it with what we'll get in heaven. Amen. So, as a pastor, it is important for you to engage, to utilize, to train, and to use everybody in your church. Hallelujah. Because one person, you're the head pastor can only do so much. And after that, your physical energy and the realities of the limitations of the fact that you are one person will be brought to bear. Your energy is finite. Your time is finite. Your ability to be in different places at the same time is finite. So if you can train other people to do what you do, then you'll be multiplied in them and the work you are doing for God will be multiplied and your church will grow. For example, the church that was started by Bishop he Hewitt the United Denominations, has about 4,000 branches in 96 countries. What it only means is that he has multiplied himself 4,000 times. That, that's all that it means. And because of that, the, the work that he's doing is times 4,000 that is why as a church we continue to train pastors and leaders all the time see it is important to agree that you alone cannot do it all think about it even jesus even jesus who is god didn't try to do it all the first thing he did was to get people he could multiply himself into until in Acts chapter 4 verse 30 the bible says that when they perceive when they saw the boldness of Peter and James and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men they took knowledge and perceived that they had been with Jesus because they could see that the spirit of Jesus or Jesus had multiplied himself with them when they saw the boldness of these guys they saw that ah Christ has multiplied himself in these guys why don't you dear pastor want to multiply yourself in others when Jesus who is even God tried to multiply himself in others who are human beings It is true what you are saying is true they cannot minister like you it is true but please remember that no one also was able to walk on water like jesus but they were still able to do something for jesus apart from jesus peter james john never fed five thousand they never divided two fish and five loaves but they were able to do something so yes it is true they cannot minister like you but they can still do something so it is important for you to entrust your ministry to people who will not be like you hallelujah and the more you can multiply yourself the more fruitful you will be the more your church will grow for example if as a senior pastor you can only visit five people a day what that means is if you can train ten other people to also visit five people a day then instead of you alone visiting five people a day to stabilize them in the church your church to grow now with those 10 other people 55 people will now be visited a day instead of five people being visited a day think of how much you will achieve in the same way if you can only pastor you know multiplying yourself is the key is this the key to explosive growth i'll show you if if you've been experienced as a pastor you will know that there are numerical barriers in church growth For example, when you start a church, I've started churches, your first um, challenge will be to hit the number 10. (laughs) To get an attendance of 10. After 10, you you, you will will almost die trying to reach the number 20. You will, see, the week you do evangelism, you fast and pray, you will see that that Sunday morning, it will rain. (laughs) <laughs> That's Sunday morning to rain. And you see that instead of the 28 people who promised to come, only 11 will come. Then from 20, you will now struggle to reach 50. If you are not careful, you will, you will die trying. Because you know, <laughs> the 50, one day you will you have a crusade. 100 people will give their life to Christ. That day, you will have 32 first-timers. But 20 of your old members will not come to church that Sunday. (laughs) A lot of experienced pastors watching me can relate with what I'm saying. After 50, your next challenge is 70. After 70, your next challenge is 100. To see 100 people sitting in your church it will mean that you are called. You will do everything and whether you see the number 99, you know, when your people who take your attendance count, they will tell you 99 people, you will, you will, you will think that somebody has cursed you. Not to reach 100. But I'll show you a trick. I'll show you a strategy. Because, you know, one of the most difficult numbers to cross again will be 200. But if you the one pastor, you can get 200 people through many years of difficulty. Those under you will struggle even more than you. But if when you get 200, you can train 10 people. Listen carefully to what I'm saying. You can have 200 people. But if you can train 10 people to have 50 people, now instead of 200 you have 700 people because now you have 10 people who each have 50. that's 500 but i promise you if you alone as one church try to get to 500 it's going to take you a long and difficult time multiplying yourself in others to also do the pastoral work is going to bring explosive growth into your ministry don't feel insecure you train them and they are your sons they will not break away and leave your church but if you broke away from somebody's church to start your church then I can advise you to be very afraid because it will happen to you but if through evangelism you taught your people that we don't break away people's churches we don't break away from people's churches we go on the streets and do evangelism that is how the church grows what you have taught them the seeds you have sown that is what you will reap amen look at me here i'm practically preaching to the world i can see there are people watching from india i see people watching from cameroon uganda i see people watching that i don't even know i see people from uganda i see people from nigeria watching truly through my being taught by bishop diegward mills personally i truly have an international ministry of course it is not as large as my father's international ministry but by reproducing himself in me practically and truly i see people from angola watching me (laughs) practically i have an international ministry truly and practically with data showing amen there are people from about 15 countries watching me now but i am not him you see so his ministry is also multiplied in me and more is being achieved. Don't be insecure, dear pastor. Trust out of your 12, one will be a devil. Maybe even two. But don't worry. If you get two people being deviled out of 10, sorry, out of 12, you still have 10 faithful people who can carry on their work. Amen. And after that, get another 12. Two will be disloyal again. Now you have 20 people who are just like you. You know, as I go around the world having conferences, most of the time, I have a question and answer time when I finish preaching. And um, if you have some questions, you can send them in by Facebook. We will answer them. One of the questions that I get most is, if you are in a church and you feel that God has called you, but your senior pastor does not want to accept the call of God on your life or encourage you or give you opportunities but you can see that your senior pastor is fighting the call of God on your life what should you do it's a question I get all the time and it puts me in a very uncomfortable position because usually the head pastor is there and the person asking the question is also there (laughs) hallelujah so this is the first principle dear pastor multiply yourself in other people It's it's going to bring explosive growth it will make your church grow quickly. Amen. Amen. Number two, the second principle for church growth is maximize Sunday usage. Maximize Maximize Sunday usage. Look, as a pastor, you should understand that Sundays are your main days. Every church that is big, Sunday is the day they work most. Amen. Amen. It is um the most fruitful day that you can have because on sunday you see the world has become such that from monday to saturday jobs are open banks are working you know as, as we were growing up banks used to open from 9 to 3 then they went to 9 to 4 9 to 5 you see now on saturday there's saturday banking now, even some banks have Sunday banking in the morning. You see, so unless you can choose Sundays, look, Sundays are the only days where my members are available to come to church. Because you see, what it is is many people have um uh what's the word? Many people have set Sunday apart at the day when they rest and they worship God, amen. So, that is the day when your members will make themselves available. Because Sundays are their rest days. They are at home resting and preparing to go to work on Monday. Those who are students are getting ready to go to school on Monday. So, Sundays, they are either in church or at home. So, for you, the pastor, as well, Sunday is your golden opportunity to have access to your members for training, for counseling, for rehearsals because most cities in the world today are also choked with traffic all the time so now people who used to get home at five o'clock now get home at eight thirty now get home at nine o'clock so it's even difficult to visit in the night. and many offices are also such such now that you cannot visit your members in the office so the time you have unbridled and full access to them is on Sundays So, if you're a pastor, look, it cannot be that on Sunday, by one o'clock, you are at home. And I can tell you that as I go around the world, it is the most common phenomenon. Sometimes, I I mean, I've gone to churches on Sunday, sometimes with some of my staff in the country, and the pastor has left us in the church. And we are in the church just fellowshipping and discussing the service and things we have learned. Even as we went to the church there. While wow, the pastor has left us and gone home, but on Sundays, Pastor, you can have training for your leaders, those who are training to be pastors. You can get a set of the Mantano, the Mantano is a set of textbooks written in an academic format with modules so that you can teach them set exam questions, market. You know, it, see, it's been divided so that you can teach them on this topic, this topic on loyalty marriage, church growth, how to hear from God, different topics. So, you know, if you want to train and you you get into training, then the Mantano is a good set of books to get. And you can just WhatsApp the number on your screen and then they will um, make arrangements with you to get it. But many pastors rest on Sundays. I had a pastor friend who, who told me that on Sundays he used to swim in the afternoons with his family from four to six. You know that when he goes to church on Sundays, by 11.45, he has finished preaching. By 12 o'clock, by, by, by 10 minutes to 12, his dri- driver sparks his car and puts the air conditioning on. Come on. While he's, ra- he's ra- rounding up the preaching. Wow. When he finishes preaching, as they're rounding up the service, sharing the, the giving announcements, he walks directly to his car and sits in his air-conditioned car with his wife and then they go home for lunch. And he told that he'd be so tired from preaching once for 45 minutes. He'd be so tired that he'd go home for lunch and for a siesta. And to take a nap. A Sunday afternoon nap. And by 4 o'clock, you go to the swimming pool. That is why after 5 years, his church was a few 120 people or so. And so he came into contact with this book. And so maximize Sunday usage. And he changed. Within a year, he had moved from 200 to 750. Practically. Through hard work. There is no success in ministry without hard work. There is no success in ministry without hard work. On Sunday, you can train your leaders with the Mantano. You teach them. If you are not prepared to exert energy, you, are not, you, you don't want to succeed in ministry. Amen. So you teach them. You train them. You, you can also do marriage counseling on Sundays. Because, you know, one of the top problems in the church is marriage Hey. Right? the wives are complaining about the husband and the husbands are complaining about the wives and they need their pastor to come and say look it's okay that is how it is it won't change husband love your wives wives submit to yourself you pray we bind the devil we bind the devil in jesus name go home <laughs> sunday is when you have access to them Sundays are also days you can have choir rehearsals, prayer meetings. Sundays are the days where you can meet your leaders to assess the work and have ideas and have meetings to make your church grow. There is no reason why as a pastor, you should not be in your church by 6 o'clock p.m. on a Sunday. There's so much work to do. Sundays are where you can visit your members at home because they will be at home for you to visit them. And visitations are so important for church growth that there's something you can do. Amen. Number three, third principle for church growth is the principle of smaller subdivisions. You see, in a big church, it is not easy to know everybody who is in the church. It is not even possible to get adequate financial, sorry, adequate pastoral care in the church. And your individual problem can easily be not known and solved the mega church or the big church but within every church there must be smaller subdivisions what are smaller subdivisions smaller subdivisions are individual subgroupings like for example you can have choristers you can have ashes you can have a prayer ministry you can also have a group of for the those who are married. you can have a group for um that da- dances, even within the dances, you can have local dancers and international dances. Because I tell you, some people can do local dancing, but if you tell them to dance international dancing, they will trip and fall on the stage. Some also can do international dancing, but the local dancing, ah, they will die trying. So you can have different groups: local dancing, international dancing. Within the choir, you can have different choirs in the choir. You can have a hymn choir. You can have a reggae choir. You can have an international choir. You can have a different types of choirs. A choir that sings in the local language in your country. Wow. Amen. Amen. You see, because you should understand that everybody has what they like personally. And the idiosyncrasies of people are difficult to change. The whims and caprices of individual choices are, are difficult to amend. So you create a lot of different groups so that everybody can identify with a group that they easily like and can easily flourish in. And this is the reason. So that on Sunday, they have more than one reason to come to church. The first reason is to come to church to worship God. Then the second reason is to do their duty which is their small subgroup in the church then the third reason is to meet their friends also in the church because their friends will end up becoming those in the smaller subgroup so even when one reason doesn't work they have two other reasons that can work and bring them to church because the bible says a threefold cord is not easily broken so on a sunday when it's raining and the weather is cold and they don't want to come they remember that they have to sing in their choir they remember that they are leading a song they remember that they, are, that they are ashes and they have to receive their offering. So they have another reason why they have to come to church even when they don't feel like coming to church. And you find your attendance growing because when new people join the church, first-timers join, visitors join the church, they may see some of the groups performing. say, wow, I would like to be part of this group. So you may be surprised that People may even be more committed to the subgroup than to the main church. But the subgroup is already part of the main church. So there'll be several reasons why one person will be committed or there'll be different levels of commitment. But all of them are contributing to church growth. because please remember that I said on Tuesday that the more the people you can get committed to your church, the faster your church will grow. <laughs> Number three. Number three the principle of the person x oriented church wow first corinthians chapter 12 and 23 says that the parts that are more that are uncomely are worthy of more honor many churches are oriented toward established members and i've even heard criticisms of churches where it is said that when you are a new person it is difficult for you to join those churches you see when you are a person x oriented church you are oriented towards welcoming and establishing new converts, visitors, first-timers, people who are not committed. You see, many people congreg- or naturally congregate and talk to their friends after church. And it is common. Deep calls on to deep. So your friend that you've, that you've not seen throughout the week, or you are chatting on what, what's up with the person, when you meet him in church on Sunday, the most normal automatic reflex action is to continue talking to your friend in church but a person x-oriented church is a church that takes an intentional decision that we are going to look for we are going to focus and we are going to fish out and we are going to make a determined effort to get people who are new whether new converts or first timers to feel welcome and established in the church how can you do that I know a church where they even have a special dance for first timers wow. yes when first timers are welcome they come and dance for them wow, wow. I mean if you are a first time you say whoa wow. ha wow. I, love I love this church the way they danced for me wow. since I was born nobody had ever danced for me before but I went to this church and they came to dance for me wow. I will stay in the church Another thing you can do is to project the songs on a projector or give out song sheets because one of the most uncomfortable feelings is to feel like an outsider. So when the songs are being sung and you can see that and you're a first-timer, you are new in the church because everybody is lifting up their hands and singing and you don't know it, you feel almost like a reject. But if the words are projected, and you're even hearing the song for the first time, you can sing along. And you don't feel so different. Because as human beings, we don't like the feeling of being different. So you can do song sheets for first timers or project the words on the screen so that everyone can sing along. Another thing that you can do is to have a refreshment. In most cultures, visitors are refreshed. In the church as well, you should refresh your visitors. I actually know a church where they give every visitor packed food to take home. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Every time you are hungry, you just visit that church and join the first timers. Amen. But a person, ex-oriented church, is a church that gravitates towards new converts, first timers. Remember that Jesus came to say that I came to seek and save the lost. He said, Those who are well have no need of a physician. So it is important as a pastor to train your members to look out for visitors and first-timers and talk to them. You know, there are many times in my own church where, because the church I used to pastor was a small church. It was easy to identify those who were first-timers. But you see, after church, when they are welcomed officially, refreshed and everything, they go out and they stand. And you sort of see that they are waiting for someone to come and talk to them. After a while, nobody talks to them, and then they walk away, never to come back. Never to come back. So there are many times when I've called people and said, go and talk to this person, because I may be talking to another person. This person is standing alone. It's a go and talk to that person. Do an IDL visit. You see, it behoves on you, the head pastor, to make it work. Everything rises and falls on leadership. So you, the head pastor, as you listen to me, you must implement the things that you are hearing and learning from this conference. You will see your church growing. Number five, the fifth principle is the principle of using group A and B members. Who are group A and B members? Every church is made up of group A and B members. Group A members are the committed ones. They come to church more, more than once a week they pay their tithes. they are committed to the church. Group B members are (laughs) group B members are the members who come once every two weeks, three weeks, once a month. These are the people that when you see that you get a feeling of that, they are telling you that you are lucky I came to church today. Those are the group B members. They are the ones who never attend prayer meetings. They are the ones who, when you announce fasting in the church, they they say that he's going to fast for us. You know, I remember when um, we started our church in Nigeria, our first pastor who went, was sharing with us an experience he had. He said, you know, the beginning of a church is difficult. So one day he went to the church, there were a few people there, and he said that this week we are fasting and praying. On Monday, we are doing this from this time to this time. Tuesday, we'll fast, we'll meet in the evening. Wednesday, we'll, then on Friday, we're having an all night prayer meeting. After the all night prayer meeting, in the evening, on Saturday, we'll do evangelism and we'll follow up for church on Sunday. Then one of the members raised his hand. <laughs> then he had their, What is it? Then the member asked him, Pastor, if we are going to fast and pray and then do evangelism, and do all night. Then what is your job? (laughs) Yes. Then what is your job? Because the group B member expects that he will attend church when it is convenient for him. Dear pastor, I have interesting news for you. Eighty percent of your church will be made up of group B members. But you must still love them and work on them until they become group A members. Group A members are only former group B members who have grown up into group A wow. members. Now, you must take care of group B members. They are the ones who will come for beach parties, fanfare, wow. excursion, things that are not important. But I tell you, they are the ones who will make up your group A members in future. So you must organize beach parties for them music, dancing, food, games, organized excursion, we are going here, I tell you, they will come and they will bring their friends as well. And the good thing is, during those relaxed informal trips, you can talk to them and gravitate them to group A members. Hallelujah, (laughs) hallelujah, hallelujah. So group B members are very important in every church. You should cater for them. The group A members, the truth is, they don't even need much care. But group b members is often like they're in intensive care unit they can easily leave the church but your group a members are not likely to leave the church so concentrate on group a members by organizing spiritual activities and trainings for them to increase their fruitfulness and you also cater for group b members by organizing activities which are <laughs> interesting to them and then in those activities they will say that "Ah, our pastor is the best pastor he took us to the beach (laughs) and then at the beach you gravitate them towards group a members hallelujah number six the principle of multiple services that means you have a lot of different services at different times in different ways you could have a service from six to seven thirty another one from eight o'clock to ten o'clock another one from 10.30 10.30 to 12. Look, some are long, some are short. Some are even on Saturday evening. Because some people go to work on Sunday morning. So if you organize a Saturday evening church, you also get some people coming who for reason of their jobs, maybe they work in hotels or they are travel and tour operators or they are drivers. What about it? There are some jobs which make it difficult to come to church on Sunday morning. So you may make your church grow by organizing a Sunday evening service and you have people attending who would not have come to church on sunday morning and if they come to church on saturday evening they don't have to come to church on sunday morning the bible says that there is no day that is holier than the other Amen. amen so multiple services because look that's why it is called a service you the pastor you are providing a service for your members you are serving them some want to come early So you organize an early service for them. You don't organize a service because the service is full and there's no space. In fact, I was reading a book by um, um, C. Peter Wagner on church growth. And he he, he was saying that statistically, when a a church auditorium is 70% full, it doesn't grow again. Statistically, once it is 70% full, the growth plateaus. So you are not organizing the service because there are no more seats. You are organizing the service so that different people can come at a time that is convenient for them. Amen. And there are other people like them who also prefer that convenient time. And you the pastor, you should include inconvenience yourself because you are serving them. Amen. And the more different services you have, the more people will identify the service that is best suited for them. And the more your church will grow you can have a service in your local language i remember when i was in india and one day i chose to have a new session look when i went in the morning x number of people come it's an english service then one day i said no i'm going to start a hindi service on sunday night. those who come in the morning must not come in the night it's for a new group ha! It became one of the fastest-growing churches I've ever had to pastor and get involved in. It just began to grow, 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 grow. Because people also wanted to hear the gospel in their language. Amen. So have multiple services. Have a service for the youth. Have a service where they dance. Some other people don't like dancing at all. Organize an early morning service. Those who don't like dancing, they usually like to come very early in the morning. So organize different types of services, multiple services for the different kinds of people. Then number seven is closely related. The principle of dynamic church services. It's dynamic, it is different. You know, you should understand that every church is made up of different types of people with different visions different aims for coming to church different objectives for coming to church with different needs what are dynamic church services dynamic church services are meant to accomplish different results so for example sunday morning could be used for preaching and teaching receiving offerings and tithes sunday mornings are usually more formal but you should also have a service where it's a teaching service for leaders a midweek service where leaders are taught to become more fruitful. For more seriously, the Bible says that strong meat uh, pertains to them that are of full age. Not for everyone. You don't taste strong meat on Sunday mornings. I tell you, San- Sunday mornings are usually for everyone. But strong meat is for them that are of full age. Even for those, not everyone, even for those who by reason of use have their senses exercised descend between good and evil so you must have a strong meat service for leaders those who want to do more for god those who want to go deeper in christ you should have a different service for missionaries you should have camp meetings where leaders are trained on how to work for god and be more fruitful in ministry if you're a good pastor one of the services you cannot avoid having are miracle services where the power of God is demonstrated. Look, let me tell you something. You see, the Bible says in the last days, one of the signs of the evil of the last days that some men will come who have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. And the Bible says that from such turn away. Honestly, if you take miracle signs, and wonders from the Bible, you are left with no Bible. You are left with no Bible. And as a pastor, if you do not have miracle signs and wonders, you, your church will not grow. Look, you are a pastor. It means you are a representative of God. God is spirit. You see, God, see, God is spirit, but God is only beneficial to us to the point that we can bring him out of the spirit and into the flesh. Because We are flesh. The Bible says of Christ, of his incarnation, Bible says that in the word, which is spirit was made flesh and dwelt amongst us, and we beheld his glory. Dear pastor, make your members behold the glory. That's all we are saying. Amen. You know, it's interesting that in today's world, <laughs> those who obey Jesus, we say they are false pastors, and those who disobey Jesus, we accept. What did Christ say when he sent his disciples? He said, I send you forth as sheep among wolves preach the word raise the dead cleanse the lepers and preach the word heal the sick cleanse the lepers raise the dead freely have you received freely give there is one more forgotten there are five things he told us to do preaching was only one he said heal the sick I've remembered cast out devils cleanse the lepers raise the dead today when a pastor raises the dead they say he is a false prophet when a pastor casts out demons they say he is a false prophet unfortunately those who are obeying Jesus in one out of five instructions we say they are true pastors and those who are disobeying Jesus in four and doing only one we say they are good pastors we have lost our way we have lost our way signs and wonders are part of the commandments and the instructions of Jesus any pastor who is not casting out devils is a false pastor any pastor who is not healing the sick is a false pastor any father pastor without cleansing the lepers is a false pastor any father pastor without raising the dead is a false pastor at least try and fail but those who don't believe in it those who criticize it they are false read your Bible read your Bible read your Bible signs what did Christ say Mark sixteen sixteen. he said "These signs shall follow them that believe they shall heal the sick signs <laughs> and wonders are an intrinsic basic fundamental foundational part of the gospel preaching is only one what does the Bible say the Bible said that and the multitudes followed him when they saw the miracles that they did. Pastor, that is why your church is not so growing. There are no miracles in your church. There are no testimonies in your church. Nobody can see Christ in you. No, there are no manifestations of the presence of God is with you. Where is your proof of the gospel? Where is your proof of the gospel? <laughs> no miracles. You don't even speak in tongues. You don't even speak in tongues many churches today there's no tongue speaking that is why the world is not afraid there is no sense of god or the supernatural on us there's no proof of our contact with heaven you know i remember when i went to india and because of their caste system there they don't respect africans at all yeah i mean and when you come because of your skin color you are already like a Lower, degraded, second-rate, third, fourth, sixth, tenth-rate citizen. Who shouldn't be respected? But I remember about a month after I went, I had a miracle service. Look. And people among them who they knew got healed. I remember one 62-year-old woman. She just came to my shoulder, university, lecturer, professor. She had a whatever on her arm. and she couldn't even lift a bucket in the service she got healed and she lifted the stage monitor in the and and her whole family came to the front to testify what our mother is saying is true several people from then I became accepted in the church oh yes because you see you cannot deny miracles like a blind man at the gate he said I don't know if the man who healed me is good or not All that I know is I was blind, now I can see. That's all. <laughs> As to whether he's an idiot or he's a righteous man, I don't know and I cannot tell. What I know is that I was blind, now I can see. That's all. That's all. That's all. That's all. The Bible says, multitudes followed him when they saw the miracle that they did. The Bible says, Jesus Christ, a man, approved. Of God by signs and wonders, <laughs> Jesus said, If you will not believe me for my work, then for my work's sake, He said, If these miracles I did were not done among you, then you would have been guiltless. But because you saw the blind among you being you, you cannot say, I am not a man of God. Pastor, where are your miracles? That's why you need this book. Amplify your ministry with miracles and manifestations of the spirit. Jesus commanded his disciples to do miracles. He taught them how to do miracles. You can learn from this book how to enter, operate, function, and excel in the miracle ministry. If you are interested. If you are interested. Number eight. Before we get to number eight, I want everybody watching to take out a seed. Yes, plant a seed into this word. This is a spiritual instruction. No, we are online. It is free. (laughs) So I'm not here to make money. Look at my face carefully. Do I look like someone who wants money or, or who needs money. I don't need money. I'm giving you an opportunity to sow into this word, even into your own ministry. Some of you watching me, you want your, your ministry to go to another level. There's always a price to pay. Yes. To go higher, there's always a sacrifice to make. So at this time, before we go on to the next point and the last four points or so, I want you to plant a seed of 10 Ghana cities or $2. Whatever currency you use, two euros, 10 cities, $2, $100. What the Whatever you feel is a seed, a worthy seed for you to plant, plant it. Not for me, not for me. I can assure you, I can assure you that whatever seed you plant, I don't need it. It is a seed you are planting for your ministry. Perhaps, perhaps the gift of the working of miracles may come into your life as you plant this seed. Truly, there's always a price to pay. I was in Gambia, which is Dominated by another religion. Ah, how was I accepted? We used to have crusades, and in the crusades, there would even be more healing miracles than salvation. (laughs) More people would be healed than those who would be saved. The power of God will cause your ministry to grow. Look at the large ministries of the world. There's always a miracle ministry. I want you to take out your mobile money so I see. Ten Ghana seeds. Two dollars. $2, Two Ghana seeds. Five Ghana seeds. Hundred dollars. Hundred CD. Plant a seed. Look. Seeds don't die. I was reading on the internet that not too long ago they found one of these the Egyptian mummies, Five, six thousand years old. So when they opened it, they saw corn seeds in it. Now I'm sure there are like some tribes in Ghana where they put food in their coffin so that when you go, you can eat it, cook it and eat it. So they saw seeds, corn seeds, in the coffin. So the scientists took some to plant to see how the corn was in those days. Because if you read the Bible, there was corn in the time of Pharaoh when Joseph planted it. So they planted it, and to their shock, the five thousand year old corn behaved exactly like today's corn. After three days. It began to shoot. The same. They said that the only difference was that their yield was not as much as today's corn. But it was the same. The same kind of crops. I'm sharing this with you. that seeds don't die after five thousand years. There was still life in it. The seed you are planting this morning, into this preaching, it will not die. And remember that when a seed grows, it doesn't bring forth just seed. It it will bring forth leaves, stem wood the roots you can use the product of your seed for so many things and as you plant this seed today send by mobile money pay into the paypal account do whatever you need to do it is for your blessing it is for your benefit never underestimate the power of giving it's going to change your life change your you know i sense that ministries are being changed that is what i sense all over the world I see Stephen Bwachi Yadom Jr. Given. I see Cool Kid Brian Wow. I see Darwin Klein. I don't know where they are coming, what country they are from. Maybe not. As you comment, please tell the country you are from. You know, so that it encourages. I can see you watching. I see Kennedy Amponsa from Turkey. Given. Wow. May God bless your ministry in Istanbul. I see Wisdom Quay from Ghana. He says he's given. I see Abhishek Muangi from India given. Please tell us where you are from. I see Laveth Honors. Wow. Please mention your country so that we know that um, your country is also connected. Some of you, they see if you are given, is also for your country. God is giving you a national and an international ministry. Yes. Because what you are sowing into is an international ministry. Hallelujah. Wow. Enoch Noble Jr. from New Zealand. Wow. New Zealand. Enoch I'm not from Cameroon. Stephen Bwachi Yadon from Malta. Darwin Klein is from Italy. Raymond Tego from Sierra Leone. Wow. wow. All over the world. Sally Kukua from Ghana. Beautiful. Manel Dina, I think from Togo. Wow, beautiful. Let's continue. Every giving, every giving of seed. You know, I just sense in my spirit that some of you watching, you are not pastors, but God is giving you a ministry as you sow this seed in three years, four years, five years, you'll be surprised. God just spoke to me that there's somebody watching as you sow this seed. In some years to come, you will be preaching the way I am preaching. Amen. Yes, it will happen in Jesus' name. Hmm. Beautiful. Number eight. The principle of using technology and research. Wow. I see more people from Italy. Osas a double from Italy israel also from italy we are continuing what a blessing what a blessing to minister to the world (sighs) principle of using technology and research look at me i'm using technology to reach you (laughs) i'm not in italy i'm not in new zealand i'm not in cameroon i'm not in india i'm not in uganda i'm not in sierra leone i'm not in liberia i'm not in uganda I'm not in Madagascar. I'm in Ghana, but through te- through the use of technology, I'm reaching all these countries practically. Dear pastor, in the same way, you must engage technology and research to to grow your ministry. In today's world, you know, I can give an example. If you are a pastor who has not used the technology of the internet. the technology of facebook and the technology of zoom meetings i am sure your ministry is finished (laughs) i'm sure about that i don't even need to know you (laughs) your ministry is finished if it is if it is not finished it's only because you don't know it has finished (laughs) yes there are two kinds of pastors who are not on Facebook. Those who know their ministries are finished and those who don't know their ministries are finished. Without the use of technology. And research. One day I went to church and I, and he, I read this point for my quiet time. And I said, no, let me do a research in my church. My former church. So I went there, printed a little form. You write your name, your phone number, where you stay then writer have you ever been visited by a shepherd have you ever been visited by a pastor will you like to be visited by a pastor oh many people in the church have not been visited by a pastor you see but because they keep coming you assume everything is okay then uh, would you like to be visited by a pastor everybody said yes everybody said yes you see if I get a chance, I'll share with you from this book, Transform Your Pastoral Ministry, about visitation. The first reason why you should visit is because every church member has an unspoken request to be visited. That's the first thing you should do. That Everybody wants to be visited. So, if you are not visiting, you should just know that you are not fulfilling the desire of your sheep. Amen. Number nine, the 80 20 principle by dostoevsky an old russian philosopher he said that 80% 20 80% of your achievements come from 20% of what you do 80% of your income comes from 20% of your activities 80% dear pastor 80% of the income from your church comes from 20% of your congregation 80 percent of your church growth comes from 20 percent of your or comes from the activities of only 20 percent of your congregation. <laughs> yes, for example, we know, and if you care to know, you can do a research in your church. You will find out 80 percent of your income is from tithe, is from tithe, not offerings. <laughs> so if you can boost the tithing of your church, it will help you greatly. And you can use this book to teach why non-tithing Christians become poor and how tithing Christians become rich. Many churches and many pastors have shared testimonies with us about how they've used this book and their incomes have multiplied overnight. But that's because if you work on the tithe, your general um, income will increase. This principle also teaches that that for your church to grow concentrate on the 20 percent of your members your leaders who are driving 80 percent of your growth concentrate on them have meetings with them teach them add fertilizer add manure add water add air you are ready so of the 20 percent but many pastors do not concentrate on the 20 percent they rather look at the large 80 percent and feel that ah, i need to concentrate on the 80 percent no concentrate on the 20 percent it will bring 80 percent of your growth amen number 10 the principle of the scholarly pastor look (laughs) you know there's a famous saying that he who does not read cannot lead it is so true you see in america whenever a president leaves one of the legacies one of the most important thing that is looked at and considered is Where will he build his presidential library? Because, you see, it is almost expected, it's almost automatic that every president of America must be a reader and must have a lot of books. And when he finishes, it's like a memorial to him. So, I remember when when Obama, when president Obama left power, it was a big debate. Where is he going to build his presidential library? And he built it in Chicago. You see, as a pastor, how can it be that you don't read? don't have a library so how do you feed you see one of the most important libraries to have is the macarius the macarius is the set of 60 books all written by bishop and let me say something you know bible maybe you know let me just read it turn to job chapter 8 i want to share with you a scripture i know you've never seen before I know you've never seen it before. Job chapter 8. We all know from verse 7, though thy beginning be small, yet thy latter end should greatly increase. But I want to show you something. You've not seen it before. <laughs> he said, ah, though thy beginning be small, although your church be small, yet the latter end of your church should greatly increase now verse eight now from verse eight god is now coming to show us god is not coming to explain to us god is not coming to teach us how you move from small church to a greatly increased church he said go and inquire please please he asked please for inquire please Of bygone ages Things that have happened in the past, and consider what the fathers have searched out. Go and consider what the fathers. You no, know, read it from different versions of the Bible. You'll be shocked at what you see. But God says here clearly that for your church to grow, go to the fathers and find out what they have discovered. He said, "For we are but yesterday, and we know nothing." I mean if you knew how to do ministry your church will, will be big we are but yesterday and know nothing but it is amazing how sometimes people who know nothing are the ones who don't go and inquire of the fathers <sighs> he said for our days on earth are but a shadow our life on earth is brief we send the head of a lady in our church who is 19 years and when I heard she, she was 19 years I said look I'm not as young as I am again. But I remember when she was born. I was in the church. They said, "Look, 19 years have gone by. She's now a young lady. Our lives are but a shadow. So you don't have time for experiments. That's all that the Bible is saying. You don't have time for experiments. Go to the fathers and learn what they have learned." He said, "Will they not teach you? They will teach you. And will they not tell you and utter words?" out of their understanding. They understand things you don't know. They understand what happens when you do this. They understand no? (laughs) Recently, I wanted to open a Bible school. Yeah. Or a certain kind of Bible school. So, I spoke to my pastor, to bishop, to my father. He said, go to their fathers. So, I spoke to my father about it. My spiritual father, Bishop Daggy Ward Mills, the one I'm teaching from, the one to started the Bible. I said, look, don't bother with it. Then he began to tell me people who have attempted to start this kind of Bible school and how it has led them into poverty. He mentioned one name, mentioned another name, mentioned another name. He said, look, don't bother. He, he just advised maybe 20 seconds, just 20 seconds, maybe 30 seconds i said that ah, i won't do it then i told him this topic will not come up again <laughs> yeah you see but i felt i was going to do something to help the body of christ and to bring about some advice i am but yesterday and i know nothing if only you will go and inquire of the fathers the bible says they will teach you and they will tell you an utter word out of their understanding but the problem is Sometimes we think we know better than the fathers. Verse 11. Can papyrus grow where there's no marsh? Some of you your churches are like papyr- like you growing papyrus where there's no marsh. Can reeds flourish where there's no water? While well, yet in flower and are they not cut down and do they not wither before every other uh, plant? That's why some of our churches are withering we've not gone to the fathers we have not read the books of the fathers we've not read the books of the fathers we have set aside the books of the fathers and have gone for the books of our brothers because you see your see your brother will only encourage you in what you want to do but your father will utter words out of their understanding and they will teach you and they will tell you And many of us, we want to do what we have decided to do. That is why we don't go to the fathers. You know, one day, (laughs) a brother came to tell me that he has seen some land in a part of Ghana, but that there's gold there. So we should go and buy some of the land so that when it officially comes out that there's gold, we'll get a lot of money. We'll sell the land and get a lot of money. When he told me, I said, hmm, this type of tool. See, I remembered a statement my father, Bishop, many years ago. He said, anything that is too good to be true is likely too good to be true. So I said, no. I won't do it. Then one day, I went to see my biological father. And after we were conversing, I brought up the topic. Then he said, what kind of foolish idea is this? He asked me that, do you think that the chiefs in those towns the day that gold is found do you think that they'll say the land is yours don't <laughs> no, just clear you say don't when you go to the fathers when you go to the fathers when you go to the fathers if you if if you will go to their father they will teach you and they will utter words out of you you may not be able to take a plane and come to ghana even if you come to Ghana how if you one pastor you meet bishop do you think that there are not one thousand other pastors who also want to meet him to ask him the same questions you want to ask him problems are the same there's nothing new under the sun that's why these books have been written mega church church growth the art of shepherding how to make full proof of your ministry the art of following. That's what I'm talking about. How to go to their fathers. For them to teach you. For them to tell you and other words out of their understanding. The art of following. The top ten mistakes that pastors make. I'm sure you would like to ask Bishop. Please advise me on what mistakes I should try to avoid in the ministry. Please. Before you ask him, he has answered the question here. Scholarly pastor. Read. 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 It has already been written. Read it. The Bible says, Buy the truth. Buy the truth. Buy the truth. Sell it not. The Bible says that the wise man out of the deep treasures of his heart brings out. Number 11. The principle of having a power ministry. I think I've spoken about that one already. Look. Pastor, try and cast out some devils. eh? Please, (laughs) please cast out some devils. Please, please show us your faith by your works. Show us your power over evil spirits so that we can believe that the preaching you are preaching is also true. Because there is no approval of your preaching. The Bible says that a man approved of God. Jesus Christ, a man approved of God with signs and wonders. I beg you, show other that God has approved of you by showing us some signs and wonders. Please. I remember when I when, when went to start a church in Bangladesh. All the team of pastors I went with, with, I told them that look, every time you go to church in your branches, pray, lay, lay hands on the people and pray for them. Never end a service without praying, without laying hands and praying for people. Yes every time you go on visitation pray powerfully yes. let them feel power it changed our church I mean I said our church in Bangladesh when I was there it was not an immigrant church there was not even one African I said Bangladesh is the country I've been to there are no Ghanaians. everybody 100% Bangladeshis 100% power ministry you say, yeah, pastor, you don't even pray in tongues in your hey. church. You don't speak in tongues. Well, are you shy of God? Are you shy of God? Show us some power. Number 12. The principle of pastoral individuality. Concentrate on your call. 2 Corinthians ten twelve. For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves. But they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. I believe that this principle is what has probably contributed to my greatest fruitfulness. I don't look, most of the things I do, no one else does. I am my standard, (laughs) it's true. I don't follow anyone. In the sense that not that I don't follow anyone. Bishop Dak is my father. He is the one I follow. Apart from him, there is nobody else I follow. I have my own individual call. Yes. As he gives me instruction, I obey. I can tell you several things I do that no one else does. With no apologies. With no apologies. But, see, but that is why you are watching me. And I am not watching you. <laughs> yeah. I'm concentrated on my call my call is to help Bishop Dacu-Mills. that is my primary call and everything I do falls into it because he tells me do this at this time go here at this time I, I can tell you stories you will be jealous of me I've done things you can't do and you won't do you even know how to start but I'm concentrated on my call I'm not thinking about you I'm not And I'll advise you, don't think about me. Unto every man, grace is given according to the better of the gift of God. God has given you your own grace. I'm only here to encourage you that the foundation is the word of God. Amen. Your call is probably not to sit on on the internet and speak. Your call may be to have 100,000 members in your church. That's why I'm presenting to you this book. My call is to present this book to you. That's why I'm here this morning. My call is to present these books to you. The books by Bishop Dyke-Word Mills, it is my calling to present them to you. (laughs) Not to come and preach in your church. My call is to make the books of Bishop Dyke-Word Mills prominent in the whole world. Those who are proud, it it is my duty. My call is to make you know about those who are proud and And to teach you how you can apply this book in your church. For your church to grow or at least for your church not to be destroyed. That is my calling and that is what I'm concentrating on. You too. What has God told you to do? Has he told you to have a crusade in your town? God has not told me to come and have a crusade in your town. So the fact that I have not come to your town, it doesn't mean you have failed. You too god has told you to have a crusade in your town do it i am not coming to your town to have a crusade you concentrate on your call you amplify your ministry maybe god has given you dreams and visions of you healing people it is my duty to point you to this book so as you see this book i have fulfilled my call to point you to this book have you fulfilled your call (laughs) in getting this book to use it Number thirty: the principle of massive organized prayer. The principle of massive organized prayer. Hallelujah! Oh, Apostle Samuel Kwetu, I salute you. I can see you are watching. God bless you. The principle of massive organized prayer that engaging a lot of people to pray there's no success in ministry without prayer now and the more you pray the more successful the more you break through in ministry that's why as soon as god blew the whistle bah! jesus that's your ministry the first thing he did was he went into the desert to pray fasted 40 days and 40 nights hallelujah you can organize massive organized prayer at three levels The whole church can pray. The leadership of the church can also pray. And then the top leadership of the church can also pray together. Jesus organized all these prayer meetings at three levels. On the day of Pentecost, the 120 were there. But he also called his 12 to pray with them in the garden. Then went yonder with Peter, James, and John a bit deeper. On the Mount of Transfiguration, he went to the prayer meeting with them. Just Peter, James, and John. So you two have prayer meetings at different levels as I speak to you today at the Kadesh where I serve we are organizing a massive organized prayer today for the whole church one hour after if I now less than one, one hour in a few minutes I'm joining the whole Kadesh. we are praying for two hours then in the night the whole Kadesh Kadesh not Kadesh, Kadesh Bishop Saki has organized the whole church for an online prayer meeting online that's why I said, if you are a pastor, you've not used technology to organize your church online. You, have either, you either know that you've lost your whole church or you don't know that you've lost your whole church because you didn't use technology. Hallelujah. So we are fasting, we are praying today. Finally, the principle of using lay people to do the work of God. They are ending well wow. today we are late Lay people to do the work a church is not a government that has a civil service where so many people can be employed and are employed you know but a church can only have a few full-time people who are paid so that a lot of money can be available to build the church and build church buildings and take care of the needs of the church so you are going to have to as a pastor, engage, engage, engage a lot of lay people in the ministry and to do the work of God. Because many people want to work for God, but do not want to leave their secular professions or don't have a reason to leave their secular professions and come and work fully for the church. So there's the book in need lay people and the ministry. And the good news I have for you is that next week, the book we will be treated is lay people and the ministry so next week tuesday wednesday thursday friday we will be studying on lay people and the ministry and how to engage the work of lay people to make your church grow hallelujah what a blessing what a blessing what a blessing i want to thank you so much for watching for allowing me into your homes let us pray father in the name of jesus i thank you for the opportunity for the blessing for the privilege pray in the name of jesus that the seed i've sown of your word the seed of your word the seed of your word it will bring forth fruit abundantly 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 i pray for every pastor i ask for the spirit of humility and the spirit of the learner the spirit of humility and the spirit of the learner i pray for every church every ministry let them grow lord I pray for Italy. Let the churches in Italy grow. I thank you for everyone watching. You preserved us from death because you have determined that in the morning we will work for you. For your work says the morning comes and the night comes again. I thank you that in the morning these 14 special principles for church growth shall bring explosive growth in our ministries. I pray for everyone who wants the Macarios. Please give us money. Give us ideas on how to raise money to get the Macarius. This set of sixty wonderful books provide for everyone that we may be able to buy them and use them to the glory of Your holy name. Now let Your blessing be upon all of us as we watch it. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 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 And amen. Hallelujah. Today is a public holiday around the world. Enjoy the rest of your day. Go on the Dag Heward Mills website send a um request by email a free book will be given to you it's going to be a great blessing to you god bless you enjoy the rest of the day find a book by bishop Dyke. he would know to read wherever you are go go online read the books god bless you see you on tuesday and carry someone to watch with you god bless you bye-bye